Yeah, God is so good. Um, he, I'm just trying to listen. You guys know this, and as we pass the offering buckets, we just um, we prepare, we get our hearts in position, and we know that's how we all come, um, having sought the Lord and knowing that at any point He might ask us to pray over someone. He might ask us to um, give in a way we've not given before. He may ask us to invite someone to lunch, and we know that the Lord's always moving and he's moving through us, right? Amen? Okay. He uses people, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> I remember being um, probably elementary school age. I grew up in a um, Christian school, a believing home, but I still had that I thought that like if God wanted to talk to me, he'd put like a billboard up, like there'd be like a flashing sign in the sky that would talk to me or... Um, that there be some, you know, crazy thing. Every now and then people have stories like that, but 90% of the time, maybe more than that, it's through someone else. God uses people to speak to us, and, um, and he wants to use you and me, right? That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> All right, guys. Do I have to tell Marcus to not play so you don't fall asleep on me or what? <laughs> You're fine. You want to take a break? Yeah, take a break. Let's give Marcus a hand. You guys, wake up. All right. He's amazing. And we're glad he's feeling better. Yeah, do you have stuff you want to share? I'll come up if I... Okay. okay. Uh, one of the... So I'm, I'm trying to get you guys to liven up a little because I know it's quiet. Um, but as you know, we've been just pressing into this place of prayer with the Lord and... Um, how many of you feel like you know a lot about prayer? I mean, just honestly, like yes or no. Yes, I know a lot about prayer. No, I don't. I don't really see a lot of hands up. So we're all in good company because I don't feel like I know that much about prayer. Uh, but I feel like the Lord has said, Christy, it's time to learn more. And um, that's not as exciting as like, it's time to learn about people's, right? Because everyone's like, oh, it's time to learn about you know? But um, what I think is the reason, and I was talking to Mike earlier in the week or maybe last week, um, why is it that we are sort of like, Prayer, wah, wah. Like, okay, okay, here we go. You know, why do we not get excited about prayer? And I feel like, um, I might stand up just so we get reverbs up here. Is it okay? Let's back to you guys. I feel like we, um, we tend to not see a lot of results when we pray. At least not the results we're looking for. And so I feel like, so here's an example. If you, if you went to, say, a vending machine, we still have these, and you went to go get a soda, and you put your money in, and you got nothing, you'd be like, well, speaking vending machine, that doesn't matter. And you might try another day thinking it's faulty, and you're going to go back and think, like, well, I'm really thirsty, and they have exactly what I want. I want a Coke and a half now. So I'm going to go get it, and it doesn't work again, and you're going to be like, you're going to lose that anticipation that you're going to get what you're paying for, right? But it could be that, what if you're just not putting, what if you're using, like, Falcon coins in an American vending machine? Well, it's just not going to work, Place of prayer, and going back to that because they're going to help, right? Right with me? Yeah, okay. So, my, I felt like the Lord was saying, I feel like the church is changing with prayer, and we can have a little value for it because we're seeing low results. We're seeing a result. How many of you feel like you did exactly what you asked for about 50% of the time? About 50. Anybody feeling like they're getting 60%? Okay, good. Anybody getting 80? Like 80% of the time, I'm asking what I'm getting what I want. Or what I'm asking for, really. Okay, so no one's really getting invasive, so those are my chance But I feel like, um, you know, if we use that vending machine example of, like, if we go to something twice in a row, we don't get what we want, we basically, we basically walk away and don't have to deny right? And I feel like that's where the church is right now with their prayer life, where we're coming to this place where we're asking the Lord and we're thinking about disenchanted. And so, I feel like God answers prayer. Amen? I know. You want to, should we, we're going to watch you try to put your mic on. You're being a distraction, mister. <laughs> uh, I know, that's, we're married. <laughs> he's going to try one. He likes that thing. You can switch with me if you want. Um, that would be interesting to watch. These things are not easy to put on, you guys. It takes me a minute to thread it down and then loop it in and all that stuff. And then it wags around like a tail in the back. Um, okay. So here's what I felt like the Lord. And so I'm just going to say this quickly. Um, and I, I'm hoping that you're awake enough that you're hearing and your, your interest is peaked. Like, yeah, that could be me. I would like to have um, 
just a, a more fruitful prayer life. Amen? Can that be us? Okay, I feel like that's a good goal. And if we see, we start seeing the result of our prayer life and we're seeing the things that we're praying for come to pass, would we not be more excited about prayer? We would, right? I mean, like if you're, see, if you're praying for miracles and you're seeing miracles, you're like, we are doing this. I am doing that more. I'm excited. I love seeing miracles. I'm going to see more of that, right? So I feel like that, oh, you and I, we're going, <laughs> I can hear it. It's going crazy up here. Um, so I felt like the Lord was just saying that, that we need to press into, and this is your invitation as well, we need to press into prayer. There's a few things I feel like um, that we, these mishaps that we get into, and one of the things I find myself doing, and so I say this so that you can maybe relate, is that um, it, prayer is not just when I'm like alone by myself, Focus like though that time with the Lord, I feel like is pretty healthy. But it's the the daily rhythm of my life that I feel like um, I'll see a need and I'll just be like, Lord, I we, yeah, you know, we really need to whatever we need to get this going, or I need need to add finances over here. I need to get this done at work. And there's a little conversation that I and the Lord have, but I feel like He's saying, Christy, those are nice, and I I don't that's not wrong, but it's not the fruit producing prayer, and so. I, I feel like he's convicting my heart, so hopefully he's convicting yours, and saying, I want you to see this fruit so regularly that you are excited to pray. And I, I went to the scriptures, as we're supposed to, and I said, well, Lord, what, what am I doing wrong? And, he, and I was brought to that Sermon on the Mount. You guys know this. this there's so many beautiful, long teachings of Jesus, but the part he, he brought me to was in uh, Matthew 6. And let me see. I think I actually wrote down the reference. Matthew 6, 33. If you have your Bible, and I hope you do, turn with me. Matthew 6. It's about here. I love doing this. It's about there in your Bible if you're having a hard time finding it. Doesn't help anybody at all. I know that. I just think it's funny. Anyway, uh, Matthew 6. And this is the do not worry part. This is like, do not worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, or what you will wear. Okay, those are pretty basic essentials in your life, right? And so if you think about all the prayers that you pray, how many of them revolve around what you're going to eat, like your finances, your food, um, how you're going to buy things, what you're going to wear, or what you're going to drink. Like, I have to be able to drink, I'll die if I don't drink water, right? So I I should be thinking about that, but it says don't worry about it. And what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear. These are basics of life. Um, and he says, don't to worry about that. And so I felt like um, one of the things that we tend to do is we come with our needs list. We come to the Lord and we say, well, these are the things I need. And I think that's okay, but I don't think it's the highest producing prayer that we can, we can be praying. And so let me just go to these notes. And he keeps going in those verses. And I'm not going to read through them for the sake of time, but if you want to go back and reread this for yourself... He says, why do you worry about these things? And I I felt the conviction of how many times, Christy, are you praying what you worry about? How many times are we praying the things we're worried about? That's not the prayer that he's asking us to pray. He says, don't worry about those things. He does say later on, the disciples say, teach us how to pray. And he says, okay, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. So they're asking for these things that they need. They're asking for the food. 
They're asking the Lord, but they're not worried about it. So I feel like the Lord's saying, there's a place where we come where we're praying what we think, and we're not praying what we hear from heaven. There's a difference. And so he's saying, don't pray what you're thinking about, what's stewing in your worldly mindset, the things that are swirling around in your head. Don't pray about that. You can say, or don't worry about that. You can ask it, submit it, but he's calling us to a higher place of prayer. And so what Mike and I have been really pressing into, and I'm going to let you go ahead and share some of this, is that we, we, we're just, just rereading some of these scriptures, and we felt like there's a real revelation in this idea that the Lord is saying, I want you to listen to my spirit. We know this, you guys. God is speaking through his Holy Spirit. Jesus was on the earth. He was the one that spoke. And then he said, I have to go away and I'm going to send you the counselor and the counselor will be with you and he will reveal to you all things. He will speak not on his own, but only what the Father reveals to him, right? Okay, can we all agree on that? I mean, that's the scripture. That's in John 14, 15, 16, 17. If you want to go and study, it's a great place. It's where we were for hours and hours. But that's the gist of it, is that the Spirit is the one that is speaking the very heart and thoughts of the Lord to us. And he's saying, I want to accomplish my will on earth. And as we said earlier, he does it through who? Who does God accomplish his will through? Through us, right? So if we are praying what our worries are and our concerns are, and that's where we're staying He's actually saying, but my will is higher than that. I will take care of those things. I don't want you to worry about that and like circle your prayer life around it because it's not accomplishing the greater things of the kingdom. He says, if you will focus on, he says at the end, but seek first my kingdom, right? If, you, if we will focus on the higher things of the, the, the kingdom, what's on the heart of God right now, What's on his heart? And we pray about that. And we go, Lord, you're going to be the very first thing in my prayer life. What is on your heart right now in this season? And I begin to to intercede with the Lord. And you know why I'm hearing that? I'm hearing that because Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. We know this, right? Jesus died. He said, it is finished. What was finished? The payment for sin was finished. But he still is operating. He's still moving. Jesus didn't stop doing his assignment, right? His, now he sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. And what we really feel like the misperception in the church has been is that, that we're praying and Jesus is taking our prayers to the Father. But we know biblically God said, that Jesus says, you'll no longer ask the things in my name. You'll go directly to the Father. You, you don't have to go through this. But what we felt like the Lord really wanted to emphasize was that the Lord is saying that Jesus also is sitting in the presence of the King, God the Father, hearing his very heart and speaking that by his Spirit into our hearts. And we are the ones on earth receiving this revelation, the revelation of heaven, the will of the Father. And he's saying, now I want you to hear what I'm saying and I want you to do it on earth. Don't worry about those little things. You're preoccupied with the distractions of life. Don't do that. Don't waste your time there. He has a higher calling for us. And so I feel like if we begin to step into these things, these these bigger assignments, if you will, the very heart that's on the, on the throne, it's where he, he wants us to be. We are going to see answers to the things because it's his very will. 
And, and we know that he, the, it says the Lord looks to and fro, looking for someone who will do the will of the Lord, who will hear and intercede and do what he's asking for from heaven. But he's looking for us people on earth, right? Lowly little us, and we can make up all our excuses while we're not good enough. But the Lord says, I already paid for your excuses. Stop doing that, right? And I want to use you now and today. Will you please stop with that and do what I'm asking you to do? I'm over your excuses. Lord's over our excuses. He said, I paid for all of that. Get over it, right? Yes, repent. Yes, do those things. Yes, get right standing with the Lord. But then move on his behalf. Don't just sit there wallowing and worrying about all the hangups that we might have in our history. The Lord already, he took it. He paid for it. I just feel like there's a weight on that, that we, we might just be idling in a place of excuse of why the Lord can't use us in a bigger way right now where we are. He does. He wants to use each one of us right where we are. And he says, I have more than what you've been worrying about. There's more. He wants to shake the earth with heaven. That means heaven comes and it shakes this earth. And he does it through who, you guys? Through us. There is no other us that he's waiting on. He's waiting on you and me. Little old, little old people that are all messed up and we got our stuff. And he says, I, I love it. It's beautiful and I will make an amazing thing. Because what happens is he gets the glory through that. That's the why he uses us. He knows we're messed up. He knows we have flaws and mistakes. But when he uses us broken vessels, people that make mistakes, we get it wrong, we have to come up here and repent, and we we plead for his heart in our heart to forgive what we've done so that his light can shine through us. We have to do it over and over, and he knows we we make mistakes over and over. Amen? I am not the only one making many mistakes. We are making many mistakes, but we're getting many forgiveness from the Lord if we just soften our heart, right? So I know you're pacing over here. I I feel like I need to hand it over. Mm -mm. Um, But but I I want you to hear something. I want you to hear something um, about prayer. And, And this part where I said... Um, Matthew 6, verse 30. We're still there. I didn't really move. It says, he's going through all these things. Do not worry about this or this. See how God cares for the lilies and all these things. He provides, right? And then end of 30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow it's thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? This phrase, O you of little faith, um, there's a rebuke in that phrase, and I was kind of just reading through that. What is that phrase? Oh, you of little faith. It means that, do I need to increase my faith? What, is that, what does that mean that he's looking for as that rebuke comes? And um, when I was studying it, really the, the better translation, this phrase is, is used five times in um, various verses in the New Testament. But it says, Jesus is rebuking the problem of failing to hear his voice. He, it, this describes someone who is dull to hearing the voice or disinterested in walking intimately with him. That's a rebuke for us where it basically, I'm going to re-say that, oh, you of little faith, it actually means we are turned away from the voice of God and doing what he's asking us to do. That's what it means when it says you have little faith. It's not that you need to like strengthen yourself and make yourself more faithful or something. It's that 
that our hearts have become hardened and we've turned away from being in that place of very close intimacy with the Lord. When we get into the intimate place with the Lord, we begin to have a revelation of who he is. And I truly believe the more I see who God is, the more I worry less about the small things of this earth, right? The more I understand God as provider, I don't worry so much about my needs financially. I'm, I'm more willing to be joyful in my giving or, or opening my home more or... or um, I, I don't know. All, all these things, as we begin to see a, who he is and we get that interaction, it's, it's very much like a husband-wife um, relationship. I'm going to use this as an example. I see a beautiful couple over here. And um, they're so cute. But I feel like this is true, and I know they're chatting, but listen to this. When we are in a relationship, a husband and wife, and someone comes up to me and says, oh, Mike said that you're really mad about blah, 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 and um, you're going to, I don't know, give up leading the youth or something, right? And I, and I know Mike. I'm his wife. I am married to him, and we are, we are so closely. I know how his voice sounds. I know his phrasing, how he would phrase words. I know his heart position about specific things that the Lord's leading us into. And I could stand there and say, that's not my husband. That is, wherever that came from, that, that is not my husband. He would not say that. He would not speak in that tone or he would not use those words. And he definitely wouldn't have that heart position. And I know him well enough to know that's not the character of my husband. God is calling us to this place of intimacy with him to say, I need you to know my character about a situation and about a thing. And I need you to know it well enough that when the enemy comes at you and goes, you need to be quiet, you can't stand up for that, you shouldn't say anything about abortion or this, that, there. And you know, no, I know that is not the voice of my father. I know his voice, I know his character, and I know how he represents a situation. I know his heart for the unborn children, right? So I am going to speak from that place because I know him. I know him, and I know what he would say, right? So he's calling us to this. He's calling us to this intimacy. And the, the, the unfaith, the, the you of little faith is those that have actually turned their back from being intimate with the Lord. That's not what we want. Amen? Okay. And it says um, in John 10, and I told you we were kind of in all over the place in the New Testament, but um, this is the, just a reaffirming. It says, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. It's really important that, that we know his voice, that we listen to it. There's a, there's a choosing in there too. Those of, there, how many times have you heard the voice of the Lord, but, but you haven't listened? It's like, you know, like kids, right? They're like, I know you can hear me, but you're not doing what I asked you to do, right? Okay. Uh, so it's just, it just reiterates that like, listening and hearing him is part of this. Um, in Romans 8, and, and this is a beautiful, if you're stuck on this idea of um, hearing the voice of the Lord, that the Spirit's moving, I just encourage you to go into Romans 8. It just talks about his hearing his voice, knowing his voice, that his spirit lives in us and that we know that we hear him because of that, right? Because we're children of God. Those that are children of God are led by him. Okay. Um, 
Um, so getting to know the Lord, I wrote this. Getting to know Jesus or the Father through intimacy is really our objective. Um, I had John five nineteen, and this is just to reiterate that Jesus' work is not over. He says, my Father is always at work to this day, and I too am working. So, so just because he said it's finished on the cross, that's only a portion of what he was not referring to, him being active right now. He is active, and he's using his Holy Spirit in us, right? Okay, I know, I know you guys are getting hungry. Hold with me. Hold on. Um, and so, really, Jesus came to reveal the Father. Now he sits at the right hand to intercede for us. The intercession for sin is fi- finished, and he now shares the heart of God, or God's will, with us through the Holy Spirit. That's really what my, my heart is for you to capture that. And one, one more thing I want you to hear is while Jesus was on the earth, he does this beautiful thing. He prays this prayer as we're talking about prayer. In John 17, um, Marcus helped me understand that it's called the high priestly prayer. Some of it, I guess some of the titles in your Bibles will say that John 17 says that. Mine doesn't. But when someone says that, Jesus is praying to the Father and he's praying out loud in this beautiful way that he's trying to help his followers learn about how he interacts with the Father. It's, a, it's like an open window into the heart of Jesus as he talks to God. This is where I feel like if you're, if you're struggling, go here. Hear how he prays. And um, in John 17, I'll just read it from my notes because I wrote it down. Um, goodness, you guys, there's so much that we could share, but... Um, I'm going to go to, I'm in the wrong, I'm like, where is it? John 17, 8. Let's go to 7 and 8. John 17, 7 and 8. And then I'm going to hand it off to my amazing husband. It says, now, this is Jesus speaking to the Father, now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. So everything that Jesus has has been given from the Father. It's all about the Trinity and the authority. God is the Father, and he gives all things to the Son. He reveals all things to the Son. The Son is completely obedient to the Father, right? He does only what he, fought, he sees his Father doing, right? And he says only what he hears the Father saying. Okay, I'm going to get you to wake up for a second. So that's what's going on here. And he says... In verse four, 8, excuse me, of John 17, for I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. I want you to see this really quick and then I'm going to hang it, hand it off to Mike, but that, it's really important to realize that it says, uh, Jesus is saying, I gave them the words that you gave me. That word there, that's the rhema word. It's the, the living word. It's not that I gave them the, the written word. I gave them the, the they, I turned the law back over to them and said, read the law or something like that. He's giving them the rhema word. The, he's giving them the very word from heaven that he's hearing from the Father. And he's speaking it on earth to the followers, to the disciples that are there, to the people. And so I think you, we have to realize that Jesus is the representation of what we're supposed to be doing on earth right now. So we can deduce from that very example that we're the ones on earth that are meant to be hearing this rhema word 
along with his written word, they always line up, but this active word from the Lord, the word from the throne room of heaven imparted to us by the Holy Spirit, and that's what we're bringing to those around us. Do you understand? Is that, do you get it? So it's there, there is an, a rhema word that is, it's, a, it's an active right now timing. It's a kairos thing that the Lord wants to do, and he says, I need to speak it through you. Jesus went to the right hand of the Father. He's not, he's not doing that on the earth anymore, right? Can we all agree? Yeah, he's not doing that. So he's like, but the Holy Spirit is why I went. It's so that the Holy Spirit could come and that he could give you these things so that you can impart them to all those and then my will would go forward in all the earth. So we have to be in this place of hearing. It goes back to the hearing. If we have that little faith, if we are those that have hardened our hearts because we're unforgiving we have sin, we're, we're not tender to the Lord, then we can no longer hear. Hebrews 3 and 4 talks about how the, the Israelites went through the whole desert and they died there, not of getting into the promise because they hardened their hearts, they refused to listen. It was, they, they were connected. Their refusal to listen was part of their hardening. And God said, okay, you've chosen to harden, I will let you be hardened and you're gonna die until the next generation rises up and is willing to hear me again. And then I can walk out my promises that I made on the earth. So the whole thing comes back to this place of we have to hear the voice of God. And we do it by his spirit living in us. And Jesus is the one not really going, Christy needs more finances. Please, God, will you pour out finances? No, that is not what Jesus is doing. He is saying, I'm sitting in the throne room and I hear and I see the very things that God wants to do. And I'm here speaking them to you through my spirit that's on the earth living inside of you. And this is what my intercession is, that that would go forward and it would be accomplished. Do you see the difference? There is such a difference, right? So we want this because we want to see the kingdom of the earth come in. And there's all these blessings that come with it. And he's like, and by the way, I'll take care of sickness and disease and death and all those things. But he's like, but I want to see my will go forward. Amen? Oh, I feel like I raced through that really fast. <laughs> okay. Okay. But thanks, John. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stop. I'm going to... Maybe you can, <laughs> I don't know why you're looking at me like, what do you expect me to do? Uh, <laughs> what do you, I'll take it. What do you have that you want to, I know you have so much in your heart. You want me to step aside? Step aside. He goes, Here we go. he looks at the clock. He's like, I didn't leave him any time. You guys. No. Yeah. I'm not going to really share, uh, today. Um, I think Christy covered a lot of what we was on our heart. And so, um, yeah, it was really good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'll just, the, 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 the phrase that I had that I believe the Lord wants to, to really just set this, this is the course that we're on. It's, it's that we would know him that we would be known by him and that we would make him known. This is the, the purpose of our life. And so it starts, though, with that we would know him. And I, I just, I, I want to say in John ten twenty seven, which Christy referenced there, where it says, my sheep hear my voice. And then Jesus says, I know them 
and they follow me, which is they, they obey me. They walk in my ways. This is so critically important, and I would say that much of, I, would, I don't even know if I can say the church, much of the people in church, many of the people in church, they say, I just, I can't hear the Lord. I, do, I don't hear his voice. I would, I, <laughs> I say this in a, in a, hopefully a good way to, that, that it encourages you. If that is you, if you're in that place, you better get to know him. You better get to know his voice. You better be able to hear his voice. It is not, you cannot write on the coattails of other people in church. You can't write on, on the books that you read, that others, that, that you know about him. He says, you have to know him, which means that you have to hear his voice. So we can talk about this all day long. You can hear it. You can sit in church. You can read the Bible. You can do all these things. You can sing songs. But if you do not get to know him, it's going to be a bad day at the end of time. Mm-hmm. That, that just, and I, this is not, I know the way that you hear it preached. I don't care. <laughs> I just, I, I, want, I want you to know the truth. And, and people think that if I just say a prayer that I'm going to go to heaven, it's a lie. It's such a lie. You have to know him. And if you do not know him, you will not have eternity with him. You won't. And so, and if you come to church and you sing songs and you, you know all about him and you read, it, read the Bible, that's great. Those are all amazing things. But if you don't have... The, the foundation of it all, the relationship with him, you've, you've missed it all and you've yeah. wasted your time. And it's not that he's an angry God or he's like trying to... to, to <laughs> it, there's just... It's a, it's a, it's a narrow road. It says, that the, it says that the gate is narrow, the road is... Or how does it say? The gate is... Narrow is the There's road. a narrow road and a narrow gate. <laughs> And it says, few find it, which means that there's, it's not the majority. He's looking for those that are wholeheartedly devoted to him. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's even that scripture in John 5. I know we've read it a couple times, but let me just, this is the part I feel like I just, I want to go back to and just hit, because if you don't get this, if you don't know him and he doesn't know you, you one, you're not going to make him known. But I, I feel like there's many people in the church that there's, there's a lack of intimacy with Jesus, a lack of really getting to know him. You have to spend time with him. And it doesn't mean reading a book about him. This Bible is amazing and it is the word of God. But it, but it also says, Jesus says, you diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. Hear what he's saying. If you read this word, people think that you possess eternal life. And he's saying you don't. This doesn't do it. He says, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. If we don't come to Jesus, if we don't have that intimacy with him, if we don't get before him and get in his presence and get to know him and get to know his voice, 
and that he would get to know us. It's, that's the other thing is, it's to, to know him and to be known by him. I can, in a sense, get to know Chris. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. They were like, yeah, I've, I was like in this, these classes with this guy who's a famous guy, and, and, there, and he was like, oh, man, I know him so well. But I was like, well, does he know you? He's like, oh, no, he doesn't know me at all. <laughs> and this is the problem we can have, is I could read a bunch of books about Christy, have all the things that, that I could quote about her and that I know, I know all about her, but if I don't spend any time with her, she doesn't know me. You better get to know him. And this is what we're talking about with the oil. There's five virgins that says they're foolish virgins. And then there's five wise ones. It, this is not a, it's not just a story. It's Jesus warning us to go get oil while you can. Get to know me while you can. Mm -hmm. Get to know me now. Spend time with me. And, and, and the five that, I think Tracy spoke to it, the five that at the end, they knock on the door because they, they, they were late because they had to go buy oil, but they didn't have the oil. And so they went to buy it and they come back. And, and Jesus says, they knock on the door and, and he says, I don't know you. I don't know who you are. I, you don't have oil. You didn't have the oil when you were to have it. I don't know you. There's another scripture just... Bear with me for one more minute here. Matthew 7. I just feel a weight on this. To, uh, we've heard this a hundred times, but I'm, let it just sink deep. Jesus says these words. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. By the way, in the, in the, with the virgins, they knock on the door and they go, sir, sir, can we come in? And he goes, I don't know you. Here it is. They go, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only the ones who do the will of God, that do the will of my Father who is in heaven. This comes out only from the intimacy. You cannot know the will of God until you get to know him. And then you walk in his ways. And then right after that he says, many will say to me on that day, and this is the scary part. I just don't want it to be I don't want it to be anyone, but I sure don't want it to be anyone that as I'm, as I'm preaching, <laughs> as we're up here, I don't want anyone to go, wait a minute, I, I, thought, I thought everything was good. And it says, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons? Did we not perform many miracles? And I will say to them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And, and that word evildoers is, is like we think, well, that's those are the ones that are doing evil. It's, it's those, it's actually the word is labors of disobedience. And when you don't know him, you're not actually walking in obedience to him. Mm -hmm. You might think you are. You might, well, I'm doing all the right things. I'm doing good things. I'm living my life right. I'm going to church. I'm... He's like, no, no, no. You don't know me because mm -hmm. you don't hear my voice. This is what Christy was talking about. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. It comes out of the intimacy and it starts there. Before we can do anything else, we have to get that down. And then, I, and I feel like this is that place of prayer. 
is prayer, we need to do a lot more listening and a lot less talking. If I go to Christy and I tell her all about who I am and all about the things that are going on and all about my problems and I walk away, do I know her? Not at all. I, she, I, she knows me, but I don't know her because I haven't actually heard from her. I haven't, I haven't been able to listen to her, to what she's saying, to hear her heart. Mm-hmm. And, and to what, what she was saying, Jesus is... Here he is. You got to hear these words in John 17. It says this. At the very end, the very end of that prayer. This is powerful. He says, I have made you known to them. He's talking to the Father. I've made you known to them. But then he says something that, catch this. He goes, and I will continue to make you known. This is, as he is at the right hand of the Father, You know what he's doing? He is in the presence of the Father God. He's at the right hand, and he's interceding for us. I don't believe he's going, oh, Lord, I pray that they would just get it and figure it out. Here's what I believe he's doing. He is hearing the thoughts from the Father, and and then he is the very thing he did on earth, and then he is releasing them to us on earth. How? How? Through the counselor. He says, unless I go, I can't send the counselor. And then it says the counselor doesn't, it says the Holy Spirit in John 16, it says he does not speak on his own. He only speaks what he hears and he reveals the very things of Jesus mm-hmm. to us. So we have the f- Father in the throne room, Jesus at the right hand, interceding for us. And what he's doing is he's revealing to the Spirit because the Spirit does not speak on his own. He reveals things to us. And now then we're getting, we're getting throne room, like real-time access to heaven to know how to accomplish the things on earth, to on. do the very will of God. Yeah, amen. Like, do you, do you understand the power of this Like, this is where the power comes in. When it talks about in Ephesians, there is a power that comes from this. In Colossians, there is a power for the body of Christ. And it does not come from our own abilities. It comes from this sinking with heaven to earth of the Father and Jesus interceding for us, the Holy Spirit in us and moving us. And we're listening and we're hearing because we know his voice, which comes by the Spirit moving in us. Revealed to us because he speaks. He reveals everything that Jesus has. And it says in everything that the Father has is of of Christ. And then Christ reveals it to us by the Spirit. We have access, complete access. And so it, it isn't about... We have to stop praying the prayers of, Lord, help me with this. Lord, help me with that. We need to know him know his will, and then enact his will on earth. Yeah. And there is a power that is promised in that. Yeah. Amen. Intimacy releases the power of God to move in and through us to accomplish things and actually to see his kingdom come right. where two kingdoms clash. The reason why the church is, is dead and our prayers are dead and we're not seeing the power of God move is because we're lacking in that place of intimacy, yeah. in the first love. It's first love into first works. Read, read, read Revelation 2 again. Amen. So this is what he's calling us into. And, and if, we, if we say yes to it, 
It's a big yes. But it's actually, it's the only yes. It's, there's no other way. So there's just, back at the beginning of John 17, hear this again. This just reiterates it. Jesus says these words. He says, now this is eternal life, that they may know you. Mm-hmm. This is eternal life. Not that we say a prayer, not that we just read the word, not that we, we pray and live good lives. It comes from intimacy. Mm-hmm. And everything is birthed out of that. There's so much more. But if we don't get to that, we miss all of it. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's to know him and then to be known by him. And out of that, we will make him known. Because there's such a, (laughs) when we know him, when we know his will, we're going to enact it on this earth. There's a, and, there, and we will enact it with power. I believe the Lord is calling us. We're about to step into power like we've never seen before. When he pours out his spirit, watch out. Things are about to happen. We're going to prophesy all the things in, in greater ways. And it's already happening. There's already an outpouring of the spirit. But things are about to happen. It has to be grounded in his love. And that's in the knowledge of him and knowing him. And, and the word knowing him, let me, there's a, I was just reading this. Um, Hmm. Oh, right here. Huh. Let me read this. Colossians. Just go to this. I'll, I'll just, I'm going to do this and one more thing, if you'll just bear with me. Colossians 1, 9 through 12 says this. Uh, we have never stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. That word knowledge is epi, uh, epinosis. <laughs> This is the Greek. I'm not, I'm not a Greek scholar, so just... But there's epigenosis. Epi means intensified. Gnosis means knowledge gained through first-hand relationship. So when we talk about this knowledge, it's, it's an intensified knowledge gained through first-hand relationship. That's what he's looking for. That's the intimacy that he's calling us yeah. to. So it's the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And it says, and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. So out of that, we begin to understand his will. We walk in his will, and that's worthy of the Lord. There's no other worthy of the Lord. That's the, to live a life worthy of him is to live a life that is in obedience to his commands and his will. Yeah. And then it says, and may please him in every way, bearing fruit... In every good work, when we actually walk in radical obedience to his will out of the intimate knowledge of knowing him, there will be good fruit in your life. That's right. Not every once in a while, you will see fruit. You will see fruit like you've never seen before. That's right. And then it says this, growing in the knowledge of God. So here it is again. You're going to continue to grow. There's never a point where we stop and we go, okay, we know him. He has so many billions of, and trillions of facets that we've never seen before that we don't know of him, that, that he, is, he is omnipotent. He's, he's beyond our understanding, yeah. but he reveals himself. That's, that's where Jesus says, I'm going to continue to make you known. That's right. Okay? 
So that's the knowledge of, of God. And then it says, and here it is, being strengthened with all power. Do you know how much power that is? It's not like being strengthened with a little power so you can barely make it through. He says this, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. We just skim through that. But take hold of that and realize that as we step into this, he releases all power through his glorious might. This is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. It's not going to be a, when you see a dead person and, and you go, oh, the Lord wants to raise him from the dead. It's not going to be, oh, well, man, I'm just going to have to press in. You're going to just go, get up. And people are going to rise from the dead. Why? Not because of who you are, but because your intimacy with the Father through Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit moving through you, that things are about to shift. Things are about to change. You don't have to pray long, like long prayers to be effective. The Bible, in when you see all the healings, there is no long prayer that I'm aware of in the Bible to heal someone. It's get up, go, grab your mat, whatever. Like, it's, it's, it comes out of the intimacy that releases the power. That's right. Because you already know as well. Okay. I want to just finish with this. Um, I was just... Two people that... Um, I feel like it's good to hear it from, from others. And this is George Mueller. I talked about him last week. These are his words. And so I think uh, this is how he knows God's will, how, how he learned God's will. This is penned from George Mueller directly. Uh, and so these are his words. Uh, but I love taking men of God and women of God who have walked in the ways, in these ways, and seen the power of God move. I'm like, I want to learn from him. Yeah. I, I mean, I want to learn from the spirit, <laughs> but, but there, is, there are great things that I believe that they have to speak and so just hear these words. I just feel like as we close here, um, I don't want to just, I'm going to open it up for communion if anyone wants to take communion. So we'll just do a soft close as we close. But uh, it may be just be an opportunity as you, as you, before you leave here that you need to get to know him. I'm not even going to do a prayer if you don't know Jesus or if, man, if you're kind of going like, wow, I just I really need to come. I feel like sometimes the prayer uh, can mess you up. It needs to be a change in lifestyle. You need to get to know him. You need to spend time with him. How do you do it? Just get before him. Quiet yourself before him. Maybe put some worship music on. Listen. Begin to talk to him. And then begin to ask him questions. I think one of the best ways is to ask the Lord questions. And maybe you're not going to hear him right away. Press in. Don't, don't go, well, I didn't hear him, so I guess that didn't work. He is speaking. There are rhema words that he is speaking. But let me also say this, that everything he speaks aligns with this word. And, and I have also seen people get way off track because they're like, oh, I'm hearing the Lord. And I'm like, no, you're not. Because I know him and I, I know his character and nature as I read this. And then I get to know him. And the two go hand in hand. So do not, do not make, I do not make light of this in any way. I feel like this is that, that true north that keeps us so that people don't kind of spiral out, which can, can happen. And it often happens 
when, when people get so spiritually minded without the, like, the word of God, which is the light and a lamp unto our feet, okay? So connect the two together. So here we go. So these are just, I feel like going to be some tools maybe that you can use. Um, this is Mueller's, what he said. He said, I seek to get my heart in such a state that it has no will of its own in any given matter. When we are ready to do the Lord's will, whatever it may be, nine-tenths of the difficulties are now already overcome. (laughs) When we get our will out of the way, he can do his will. That's number one. Two, having done this, I do not leave the result of feeling or, or, or simple impression. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I do not leave the result to feelings or simple impressions. If I do so, I make myself liable to great delusions. Number three, I seek the will of the Spirit of God through and in connection with God's Word. Actually, this is what I was just speaking into. So I seek the will of the Spirit of God who reveals what, the, what Jesus is, is saying from the, from the right hand of the Father as he intercedes. He's revealing to the Spirit. The Spirit is revealing to us in connection with God's Word. The Spirit and the Word must be combined. If I look to the Spirit alone without the Word, I lay myself open to great delusions also. And if the Holy Spirit guides us, he will do it according to the Scriptures, never contrary to them. The last one, I ask God in prayer to reveal his will to me. That's the simple thing. Ask, seek, knock. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. When you get before him, he's there. He is longing for the relationship. He created you for relationship with him. So this is not a difficult thing. He doesn't try to make this difficult. He is longing for oneness with us. But it requires us to get over ourselves to allow him to move in and through us by his spirit. And then there's just a statement. One thing, uh, if you know who Tozer is, um, A.W. Tozer, another just great man of God who had such insight uh, with the Lord and such revelation that he was given by the spirit, all in alignment with with the word of God. And, and he says this, and this is in regards to knowing the will of God. He says, first, it is essential that we be completely dedicated to God's high honor and surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We're so good at calling him Savior, but calling him Lord is a whole nother thing that where, when, he, when he actually all of his commands that he has, that we say, yes, I will obey your commands. We don't question. We walk in radical obedience. That's the lordship of Jesus Christ. He says, God will not lead us except for his own glory. And he cannot lead us if we resist his will. The shepherd cannot lead stubborn sheep. <laughs> the evil practice of Using God must be abandoned. Let me say that again. This this is Tozer's words, but I feel like he's very accurate in this. The evil practice of 
using God must be abandoned. It's not about, we, you know, God is not a genie where we just like, God, I need you to do this for me. I need you to do that for me. It is coming into an alignment with his will. We must submit ourselves joyously to God and then let him work through us to achieve his own works, his own ends. So would you guys stand as we just close here? Lord, I pray that today that we would step in, every one of us, that the pride of life would not get in the way of what, of what you're calling us into in this season. That we are here to, to, to know you in a deeper way, in an intimate way. We are here to be known by you. And then, Lord, that we would make you known throughout the earth. That we would be that light that only comes from the depth of knowing you. Lord, I thank you that it's not, it's not hard to walk in your ways when we're walking in intimacy with, with you, when we're moving by your spirit. In that place, as we know you, we know your faithfulness, we know your love, we know how good you are. It removes fear from every situation. That spirit of fear has no chance in that place. That's where the spirit of power comes in, in the, in the intimacy, spirit of love. There's a sound mind that we have that sets us apart from the things of this world. Lord, do this in this time. I pray that by your spirit that we would, we would walk so closely with you, that you would reveal yourself to us. Lord, encounter us with your love. I pray that we would, we would repent from the things that have, have drawn us away from the depth and the intimacy of our first love with you and into other things that we are, where our eyes are on different things and, it's, it, and you call that even an adulterous position. Lord, you desire oneness with you. So Lord, I thank you that you're calling us into that deeper place. You desire it. You desire it more than we possibly would know. And you give us a grace to walk in it. So Lord, would you do that for us? Would you help us? Would you lead us by your spirit into that oneness with you? Would you reveal your heart to us, Lord? Lord, I thank you that this will be a season where we get to hear your voice, where we get to know that voice. Of all the other voices, and there's so many voices so many people speaking and this, you need to do this and you need to do that. We need to hear one voice. At the end of the day, when, when it is the final day, the day of judgment, we can't say, oh, but, but I thought, but this person said this and that person said this. He goes, but did you hear my voice? Lord, may each one of us hear your voice. Teach us your ways. The very, the very thing that Moses was crying out for. He says, teach us your ways that I may know you and that your favor would be upon me. Lord, I pray that that's that, that I, would be know, that I would know you and then as the favor of the Lord rests upon us, that we would be known by you and reveal you to all, all those around us. There are so many in this, in this world that are lost that have no hope. Lord, may we be a light in this season, in this time, that we may make you known to the world around us. So I bless every person in this place. Lord, I thank you just as we go from this place, Lord, 
for those that, if we're going to take communion, if you des- it's, I know it's late, so I know some may have to go, but Lord, just in this opportunity we have to take communion, Lord, let this be a deeper place of, of coming in to oneness with you. We're taking hold of the body of Christ. We're taking hold of the very blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness and and begins that relationship of oneness, of drawing us into that place. It's by the blood that cleanses us, that allows your spirit to live within us, to move us. And then it says, those that are children of God are led by your spirit. So it's not just having the spirit, it's those that are led by your spirit. Those that follow you. So Jesus, have your way. I thank you, Lord, for every person in this place, everyone watching online. Lord, I pray that you would have your way in our lives and that we would know you and be, and, and be known by you. In Jesus' name, amen.